You ready? Yeah. Show me the money. Yes! Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Today, <laughs> on the BetaFi podcast, <laughs> we are talking about the 11-letter F-word fundraising. Dun, 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 All right, so the 11 letter, let me confirm, F-U-N-D-R-A-I-S-I-N-G, it's 11 letters, really glad I got that right. For a moment, I begin to wonder who is N-D. <laughs> nope, 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 it's fundraising, F-U-N-D-R-A-S-I-N-G, yeah, so we're talking about fundraising, and to start off, I think the number one question that you have to ask yourself when you're beginning to think about fundraising or you're already in the middle of trying to fundraise is, am I sure that I need to raise money? Like, certifiably, like, do we really need money for this? Where we're at in the business, whether you're a startup or you're trying to raise the next round, like, are we sure? Do we have the right motivations? Yeah, you should. I, I would. I would ask myself. Say, everybody goes through this mental exercise. Do we need money? Yes. If we get money, what could we do? Well, I think the real question to to ask is, if we don't get that money, can we survive? And can we still continue to grow? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then you don't need the money. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I always like to say the best form of fundraising is revenue, right? So at times, this is. It also has to do with what you want, right? Is your goal internally, everyone agrees, meteoric growth, we want to pump this thing full of cash and go. Some people may may want to have more balance, go slow growth, and they're not necessarily as worried about having this just absolute, um, you know, just kind of go on like a, a terror and just boom, you know, like I think big bang approach is what I'm going back to my you know, software implementation days, but you know, that's, um, it's really a pattern of, you know, that I've seen over the last five to 10 years of people just being obsessed with fundraising as this badge of honor as the sexy thing. I remember I was sitting with this 18 year old, um, developer, entrepreneur, really cool guy. And we had, were having lunch and I told him, you know, that you don't necessarily have to raise to be successful. And like, he was blown away. He said, what do you mean? Like, I thought everyone had to raise money. He's like, no, no, people are, are obsessed with fundraising because they think that it legitimizes them. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes there's just a really perverted view of raising money and why it matters. Um, and oftentimes people don't even really have a plan for the money specifically. You know, what, what are you going to do with that $1.5 million? We're going to grow. <laughs> yeah, it's, and there's some, some truth to it. It's not meaning, why would somebody give you money without making sure that they're going to get their money's worth at some point of time? Mm-hmm. That question implicitly gets asked and implicitly gets answered by folks who get to know that somebody else got funded or somebody got funded. And, and, and that, 
comes with a, with a lot of caveats, a lot of things attached to it, which is why I think we have this myth built that, hey, fundraising is the, is the best form of validation. Not not always true. Yep. There may be some sense of truth to it, but not, not always. So. And I admit, there are businesses that absolutely have to raise to continue or to grow at the pace that's necessary. Maybe there are certain market conditions where you know, they're a first or second mover and they really have to grow fast in order to capture enough market share to really survive. So there are, and there's also just businesses that are so, you know, capital necessary, capital intensive that you, you have to raise money in order to make it work. I, I get that. I appreciate that. But there are, for every hundred companies that are fundraising, I think there's one or two that really need to fundraise. Maybe there's another two to eight that, you know, it could be wise, but it's, it's not necessarily, you know, absolutely necessary. Majority, they don't need to. They're, they're doing it to try to feel good about themselves or to grow at a pace that's unnecessary or in a way that's maybe not prudent. But, but let's talk about, you know, the companies that, that do need to fundraise. And it, it is smart. Um, and they, maybe, they're, maybe it's someone going for like a, like kind of like a growth round. And, and there is justification for doing this. Like, okay, cool. Know that there's going to be some pretty serious challenges. And the, the first one is time, right? Whether, let's say there's two or three co-founders. Are you going, it's tough. Are you going to assign one person to go fundraise while the other two keep executing? Are you all going to go on the fundraising trail? Like, you really start to sacrifice momentum in the business and you have to decelerate the progress and executing and development of the product and feature set that matters so much in order to go fundraise. So that is just a huge sacrifice that people don't think about the time that it takes. That and, you know, fundraising comes with its own own strings. You may have started off, you know, building a feature set. You have a very clear roadmap established. You rea- you realize, and part of it has got to do with, with, with the vision of a, of a co-founder. You might realize that two years from now, we'll grow to a point where if we don't have funding, you know, we, our, our growth would be shunted. And so you want to be one up on that and you want to start you know, actively fundraising. Well, if if you have raised funds and if you're raising funds and you have this product roadmap, high likelihood that you now are going to have other vested parties who are going to have a say on the roadmap. Mm-hmm. And you might get steered in a direction different from what you originally intended. This might be a good thing or this might come and, come and bite you pretty hard. But ultimately, you need to recognize that once you get the funding, you have to have those conversations. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, within within raising money, that's, wow, we got someone that's willing to write us a check. Well, congrats. <laughs> that's great. Are you sure? Now, you know, we, we asked the question earlier, are you sure you need to raise money? Well, then you actually convince someone that they should be interested in you. Now the question becomes, are you, should, are you sure that you should raise money from them? <laughs> you know, in thinking about, you know, strategic money, dumb money, smart money, you know, is, there, there's so many different ways that you can slice and dice categorically investors, you know, angels or it's a VC, you know, like 
but just at a super simple level, do you trust these people? Are you sure you should take money from them? We're not even talking about strategic, right? But if you just say yes to the first person that wants to write you a check for 500K or 2 million bucks, like that may be a really bad idea to take that money. And so you, you shouldn't get too overexcited when someone's with the first person that's ready to invest. Um, so, you know, I would, I would just kind of think about it like a board or advisors, mentors. Like you want some other people in your corner to help you process. Because there is someone that wants to invest. Are we sure we should take money from them? Why? Yeah, and and the flip side of of this and the point that I made earlier, with with there being other parties who are going to have a say in in the product roadmap or the evolution of the company, it 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 definitely can be a good thing, and that's where the smart money uh, you know context comes into play. You there is a certain amount of freedom in just getting a check written out to you and you are free to go exercise, use that money however you want. Mm -hmm. But if you have somebody who's written you a check, but then is working actively to make sure that the returns on that check that was written to you, those returns maximize, that's really a win-win for everybody. So you spending the effort to make sure that you find a person or, or a party that is willing to work with you Mm -hmm. towards maximizing that investment is the ideal case for you. And that's, that's really the win-win of, of fundraising. Yeah, I agree. And the, the opposite of that is a lot of pain, (laughs) right? I mean, when you get, um, when you get in bed with the wrong investors, typically within six months, 12 months, you're going to realize quickly, man, this was a mistake. This this is not what I thought it would be, or we didn't vet these people the way that we should have. We just got excited. We said yes. Maybe it's terms that you know you need. That's another whole separate part of this is making sure that you have attorneys that are for you that are reviewing everything, reviewing terms that you have good advisors so that you don't get screwed. And that's, that's a part of it too, just kind of within the whole challenge set of fundraising is making sure that you, your co-founders, and maybe even you know future employees aren't completely crippled based on terms from some you know round that you raised two or three years ago. There's a ton of horror stories about cap table nightmares and things like that. So um, there are a lot of challenges. And um, it's not just rainbows and butterflies. And I think many people have a very skewed view of fundraising, that it's not that hard, that it's sexy, it's fun, you have to do it. These are all these you know, things that just aren't really true. And, um, and so I would say, you know, so the, the 11 letter F word, it's, um, you know, fundraising can be um, the worst decision you make. Yeah, especially when it comes to some of those strategic fundraising, so dumb money, smart money, strategic money, usually when one company sees another company that's that's budding and coming, you know, growing, that they decide to invest in that company because at some point of time they see an alignment of what the, what the new company is trying to do with their current business mm-hmm. and they invest. And they start steering the company in a direction in which they, they would, that they would have gone in. 
And so I've seen failures happen quite a bit in, in such a realm where in the end, the larger company realized that, hey, it was not you know, worth their, their time and money to be aligned with that smaller company and, in, and in invest in them. But the smaller company is now completely you know, headed in a, in, a, in a detour and they are at a point where they did not anticipate themselves before the investment and the road for them to get back to the original path is, man, colossally hard. And so, so at this point of time, what ends up happening is, it's not just the investment that's dried out. It's the smartness behind the, behind the investment that has disappeared. Mm -hmm. You are now left to your own wits on your own to figure out how to get this thing moving again. And you have depleted yourself of all resources and the time. And this comes and bites you very hard. It takes this. It takes a special person to really, you know, grind through this mm -hmm. and and see light at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. And and so I, you know, I hope that you're not hearing us say don't fundraise. That's not what we're saying. But we're saying be careful. And you know, we'll we'll wrap it up by saying, in all things in business, but man, especially fundraising. Don't do it in isolation. Have friends, mentors, advisors speaking into the situation because um, it's just it's crucial that you don't go it alone. Yeah, and uh, to, to, to reiterate your point, even though we've kind of you know, laid out a lot of scary scenarios and, and we touched upon those, it's, it's definitely not, not a bad thing, like you said. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of smart investors out there, you know, and if you find the right smart investor, you, you know, your million dollar idea can become a billion dollar idea or a million dollar product can really, really soar. And so that's what you need to look out for. And that's what we hope you end up finding and hope this has been very helpful and, and not as confusing. That's right. So um, look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Dun, dun, dun. Bow, wow, bow, wow.